<clears throat> all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. It's the facts. Like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday afternoon so far. So I did say if any sports news does come up, we'll definitely talk about it before my Dynamite review, which will be either on Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon, depending if I'm not able to do it on Thursday. It'll definitely come out on Friday, but of course, Saturday with a Rampage review that's already scheduled. That's not going to change. So let's talk about some basketball. Let's talk about my Brooklyn Nets. Because they just made a signing. It's official now. It's officially official today. They signed Goran Dragic. And they wound up waving Javon Carter. Thank God. If I had some sound effects, you would be hearing a bunch of cheering. This bum Javon Carter is gone. See you. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, asshole. Bye-bye, Javon Carter. Love to see it. You love to see it. So Goran Dragic right now. He's here with the Brooklyn Nets. He's played with the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets. Went back to the Phoenix Suns. Then played with the Miami Heat recently. Well, that's where he's recently known from. He was with the Toronto Raptors this year, which I didn't even know, actually, to be completely honest with you. Then he got traded to the Spurs a team that he was drafted by in 2008. And they bought him out the Spurs, and the Nets officially picked him up. You know, Dragic is an NBA All-Star. He was an All-Star in 2018 with the Miami Heat. He actually led the Heat in scoring in the NBA Finals back in 2020 against the Lakers. So this is a solid signing. I think Dragic has at least a good couple years left. He is 35 years old. He'll be 36 in May. He's only played in five games this year. He played five games with the Raptors, started in two of them. So he got out of there, went to San Antonio. They bought him out right away, and here he is in Brooklyn. And overall, it is a solid signing. It is a solid signing right here, and Dragic is a point guard, straight-up point guard. So I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to say this real quick. I don't think they signed him because of the chance of Kyrie Irving not being able to play at home because I do believe the vaccine mandate will end in New York City and Kyrie, who's obviously not vaccinated, he will get to play pretty soon at Barclays Center. And here's the thing with the mandate. I'm not trying to start, I'm not trying to create a whole stir right here, but why was Justin Holiday, a Sacramento Kings player back on Valentine's Day, why was he allowed to play? And he's unvaccinated. Why was he allowed to play at Barclays Center, but Kyrie Irving's not allowed to? So shouldn't, the, shouldn't it be the same rules right there? Like, okay, he's unvaccinated. We don't allow unvaccinated players to play here, but it's only for the home team? That doesn't make any sense. So Adam Silver was talking about it now. Since he's talking about it now, I think they might, I think they might change it. Because the NBA has no power over that. That's with the city right here. The NBA has no power. They can say whatever they want. Adam Silver could say whatever he wants. Doesn't change a thing. You know, the mayor, Eric Adams, has to change the rule right there. And I believe it will change pretty soon. I think Kyrie knows something. Like, I think he knows it's going to change eventually. You know, thank God COVID cases have died down so much here in New York. I think it's the lowest since October of last year, which is great to see. Um, You know, they did end the uh, mask mandate for the state. And vaccine mandate for the state, but not the city. Not the city, though. And I think it will change pretty soon, and we'll see what happens. We'll get to see Kyrie play at home at Barclays. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. The reason why I think they signed Dragic 
it might be because of Joe Harris. I know Joe Harris isn't a point guard. I know he's not a point guard, but I don't think Joe Harris is coming back. And you get a player like Dragic, who's a solid ball player. He can ball. He could definitely ball. I just don't think Joe Harris is coming back. I think he's going to be getting a second ankle surgery pretty soon. He hasn't played since November 14th against OKC. He already had surgery. He had a setback. He might need another surgery. I don't think he's coming back. You know, I don't know if he's going to be a net after this season. I think the Nets might trade him. I think they might trade him. You know, and here's the thing, because we're also going to talk about the Nets and my thoughts on how they're going to do in the second half of the season. They do return on Thursday against the Boston Celtics on TNT. It'd be a nice revenge game right there after Boston completely fucking destroyed us a couple weeks ago back on the 8th. Two weeks ago, back on the 8th. So, it'd be nice to get sweet revenge on them in two days, and I believe they will. We'll break down their schedule as well the rest of the way. But I think Dragic is a solid signing. You know, for us right here. And you look at the Nets guard depth. It's really good. With Dragic and with Kyrie and with Patty. And say if Joe Harris does come back. And with Ben Simmons who can also play, you know, point guard. Um, let's see if they put him at point guard when he eventually plays. Or if they'll put him at any other position. We'll definitely have to wait and see. And of course, Curry who's a guard as well. He's been good so far for us. You know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season right here for the Nets. I really am. I seriously am. Like I was telling my buddy James when they made the trade right there, when they traded hard, and he thought I was kidding when I said I was happy because we went to the Islanders game on Sunday, and I told him I was happy. I was legit happy, and he thought I was joking. I told him he probably thought I was joking, and he thought, and he said, yes, he thought, I, I thought you were kidding. I'm like, no. You see the way the Nets have played since the trade was official. They are 2-2. Two two. You know, Curry and Drummond couldn't play against Miami when it was official because... Harden's physical got in late right there. I think it was like halfway through the game. They announced his physical went great, and they couldn't play Curry and Drummond. It's a stupid rule, but it's whatever right there. It's whatever. For the trade to become official, they all have to pass their physicals and this and that. It's just a weird thing. It really is. It really is. But since Curry and Drummond have been on the court, they've been great. The one problem I have right here is, again, it comes down to Steve Nash right here. I know they beat the Knicks last Wednesday. It was a great game. Cam Thomas in the fourth quarter was unleashed. He had his MSG moment. He had another player coming into MSG moment right there, making history. With that shot right there, and that's right by three points, that shot was near the low, almost near the logo right there. A few feet away from the fucking Knicks logo, and Cam Thomas hit it. And that was the dagger, and it ended the game right there. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, no way that's going in. Like like my buddy James was saying, if that's Steph Curry shooting it, okay, you think that's going to go in? Or anybody else, any other superstar. This kid, this rookie kid, Cam Thomas, just let it fly. And it went right in. This kid has confidence. He seriously has confidence, which I love. Seriously love it. I love it. I seriously, seriously love it. And like I said, the Nets have a bright future right here. With Cam Thomas, with Dayron Sharp, who hasn't really played like as much. Kessler Edwards, he's really kind of falling off the face of the earth right now. Like His best part of him was three-point shooting. Now he doesn't have a shot. He's missed a whole lot of threes. 
He'll be okay, though. He's a rookie. He's young. He'll be okay. I'm not too worried about him. I think Cam Thomas is going to be a star. The fact that he wasn't in the Rising Stars Challenge right there, the Rising Stars game back on Friday during NBA All-Star Weekend, is like, really? Like, why wasn't he part of it? I mean, maybe he'll be part of it next year if he continues to keep it up, which would be great to see. I'll definitely watch it for him, obviously. Because I love Cam Thomas. He's great. He is great. Like, I'm not trying to say he'll be, like, a big-time superstar superstar, but I think he'll be a star. I think he'll be a star, but he's got a lot of confidence. He's got a whole lot of confidence. He kind of reminds me of, like, Derrick Rose in a way. I know he's not as, you know, effective as Derrick Rose was in his rookie season, but he has confidence. He doesn't really show much emotion. He just lets his game speak for itself, you know, because... D-Rose would get emotional at times, but you really wouldn't see it as much. He just let his game speak for himself right there. That's what I like about Cam Thomas. He's confident. You know, he goes out there and he plays his game. And he's going to be good. He is going to be really good. And I'm sure that game right there against the Knicks and that shot right there. Whew. And that was some comeback, too. The Nets are down by 27 points. They came all the way back to beat the Knicks. Great game. Definitely one of the best games that I've ever seen. Easily probably, you could say, the best game this year. Unless, of course, the Nets win it all. That's a whole different story. But right now, it goes down as the best game of the season. And no, it's not because it was against the Knicks. It was a 27-point comeback when they had that huge comeback against Sacramento a couple years ago. You know, that was my favorite game of the year right there because of the comeback. And same thing against the Suns last year when uh, Fat Fuck Harden, you know. And listen, listen, listen. You want my honest opinion on Harden and Philly? I don't think it's going to work out. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it because of what he did to the Nets. You look at the chemistry that Harden has killed. It didn't work with him in CP3. You could say, oh, but it hasn't worked with CP3 and Devin Booker, but they got to the finals. CP3 and Harden didn't get to the finals. In reality, they should have. It didn't work with Westbrook and Harden in Houston. And it didn't work here in Brooklyn with Harden. And I don't think it's going to work with him and Embiid. I don't think it's going to work out because those two guys, they need the ball. The thing, the difference is with Simmons on the net, he doesn't need the ball as much. He's not going to be a number one. When Kyrie's eventually allowed to play at home and you're going to have KD as well, Simmons will be a number three. Because KD is your number one, Kyrie's your number two, and Simmons is your number three. So the pressure will be off of Ben Simmons. And listen, I know I gave Simmons a real hard time, but I started to understand he's got, you know, something going on with him mentally right there. Well, they did throw him under a bus in Philly. When you want to think about it, they really did. I know I gave him shit for not dunking the ball in Game 7 against Atlanta, but you got Embiid putting shit on him, and you got uh, Doc Rivers putting shit on him. Like, everybody's going after Ben Simmons. Everybody. You know... It's, it's a team sport. It's a team sport right there. It's like how people blamed, you know, um, Joe Harris missing that wide-open shot in Game 7 against Milwaukee last year. Well, it's still a team sport. I know one, you could say one guy really changed the game, but in reality, it's still a team sport. That's just how it is. It, it's just how it is right there. There's nothing to do about it. And believe me, I was shocked when they lost to Milwaukee last year. And I was even shocked when Philly lost to Atlanta last year. That surprised me. That really did. It seriously did. You know, I expected it to be Nets and Philly. 
That's what I expected. But hopefully we get it this year in the conference finals. I need that. And also bring my buddy James again. He did say he would cheer for the Nets. I'm like, because he's a Knicks fan. And we bust each other's chops, you know, with the Nets and the Knicks, of course. But it's all love right there. He doesn't hate the Nets. And I don't hate the Knicks. We both hate Philly. We both hate Philly. Because, you know, the Nets and Knicks, it really isn't like that. It doesn't feel like it's like, the, it's like that heated rivalry as much. It's not like Islanders, Rangers, or Yankees, Mets. You know, obviously it's not with Giants and Jets. There's really no rival there. They play each other once every four years in the regular season. So, but, um, but yeah, so it was nice to hear him say that right there. That was really cool. Um, but again, like I said, with Harden, I don't think it's going to work out with him in Philly. And again, it's not because what he did to the Nets. It's not what he did right there. But see, now he doesn't even know what he's saying. Like he said, last year, like he said Brooklyn was his first choice. Now this year he's saying, oh, no, I wanted to go to Philly, but I went to Brooklyn. So it's like, oh, okay. But you said Brooklyn was your first choice, but now he's saying it was Philly. Does Harden, in reality, does, does he know what he wants? Because here's the funny thing. He actually didn't opt into his player option for next season, so he could be gone from Philly after this year. I think his player option is like $47.3 million. He didn't opt in. He filed the paperwork way too late. So there's a slight chance he might not even be with the 76ers next year. If they don't win at all, if they don't win at all, he's gone. He's not staying. They'll do the same thing in Philly, and the next team they'll go to, they'll do the same nonsense. You guys see it? And see me, see the Nets and Philly, I'm about to say me, like Nets and Philly fans will have something to agree on next season, and it'll be fuck James Harden, because James Harden's going to do the same thing in Philly. If they don't win at all, he is going to leave. He will not resign. I can guarantee that. If he does, I'll be completely surprised. But he's not going to stay in Philly long term. Then all you Philly fans will be ragging on him. And you know what we'll say? We told you so. We told you so. You know, of course, when it first happened right there. Because I didn't hate hard on the Nets. I gave him some shit right here because he was playing inconsistent. Like one game he could drop almost 40 points. The next game he falls off. He'll drop like just 10. Like, I'm like, okay, is he just banged up? Like, is he having a confidence problem? Like, what's going on here? Is he truly washed up, as people are saying? Is he just not the same player? You know, I was trying to, like, you know, you know, be reasonable. I'm not trying to say, oh, just fuck him completely. I'm not trying to say that at all. Because I remember on Christmas Day against the Lakers, and the next game against the Clippers, he played great. He played out of his mind. Played out of his mind those two games. But then just he fell off again. I just, I don't know. I mean, listen, he's going to have his great games in Philly. He might have a 40 or 50-point game in Philly. He def- I think he will. I think he definitely will. But when it comes to playoff time, we know how hard it is. He chokes. I mean, granted, last year he was hurt with the Nets in round two. He got hurt in game one against Milwaukee. We didn't see him until game five. He was basically just running laps all game. He really wasn't doing anything, wasn't hitting any shots. You know, he wasn't... He was definitely banged up. He definitely was. Listen, I commend him for playing... I, I commend him for playing those last three games. I'll definitely give him props right there. He didn't let KD go out there all by himself. He played game five to game seven. You know, I'll give him credit there. I'll definitely give him credit. After Kyrie went down in game four, Harden stepped it up right there, was able to play. 
And what I mean by step it up is like, you know, he played at least. At least he played. He could have said, nah, I'm not going to play. I'll give him credit. I'll give him some credit there. I'll give the devil his dues right there. Don't want to do it, but I think some fans probably would. Most fans probably won't. But again, in reality, I don't think I don't think it's going to work out in Philly. I just don't think it's going to. Seeing like how he's been a chemistry killer with CP3, with Westbrook, and here with the Nets, with KD and Kyrie. You know, I think he's going to kill the chemistry out there with him and Embiid. And then Embiid will be saying shit about him. And they'll, put, and they'll throw Harden under the bus, which he deserves. You start to see it, and believe me, believe me, James Harden is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's got the stats right there. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He could retire today. He'll get in the Hall of Fame in a few years. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm not trying to take away anything from his game. He's definitely one of the most talented players I've ever seen. That's a fact. I could be petty and say, oh, no, he sucks. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's absolutely one of the greatest players that I've ever seen. Easily. And listen, he had his good moments with the Nets. I'm not going to take that away from him. I'm not going to say he was completely horrible with the Nets. He wasn't horrible. He was great. Especially that comeback against Phoenix last year. That was great. That was great right there. He had a lot of good moments with the Nets. But he fucked us over right there. By not being committed to staying right here. You can kind of tell he wanted out. And especially that last game he had against Sacramento Kings where he dropped four points. And there was a lot of moments this season where he was very lazy on defense. He's still not a good defender. He's not a good defender. He's very lazy. He's very, very lazy on defense. That's just how he is. You know, unless he somehow turns around his defensive game in Philly, he's going to be lazy like always. That's just how I see it. That's how I see it in Philly. He's going to do the same shit he did with the Nets and he did with the Rockets. You know what I mean? You know, we'll see what he does out there. We'll see when he does play. But you can tell a lot of people are giving him shit. And the fact that he was picked last in the All-Star game right there, the All-Star game draft between KD and LeBron, the fact that he was pick- he was picked last, that speaks volumes. That definitely speaks volumes. Because here's the thing. People give LeBron a lot of shit for leaving Cleveland. You know, not once but twice. But at least he let his contract finish out. Same thing with KD when he left OKC. Same thing when Kyrie left Boston. He didn't, li- he didn't leave midseason. He waited until his contract played out. So you got to give those guys credit right there. At least they waited until their contracts played out. And they moved on. Give them credit. But, um... You know, the, um, we're not going to see Harden at Barclays Center until, well, it could be sometime in the playoffs. If not in the playoffs, then definitely sometime in the regular season next year. We know these two teams do meet on March 10th in Philly. That will probably be the highest rated TNT game of the regular season. Because it's going to be on TNT. It's definitely going to be a highly rated game. Easily. Probably the highest Rated game of this season. That's what I would say. And I'm sure Simmons will definitely be playing. He's going to get a whole lot of shit right there. He definitely is. It's going to be something. I don't know if we'll see any fights. I'm sure that's what everybody wants. 
I just want to see a good game. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want to see anybody fighting. I want to see a good game. Of course, though, if there's fights, wow, that creates more tension. Holy shit. We could see a long-term rivalry here for years now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's great, but I want to see a great basketball game. I want to see a basketball game for the ages. That's what I want to see. That's, just how, that's, that's what I want to see right there. But we'll see what happens. And let's break down the Nets' uh, schedule for the rest of the year. Let's do that right now. Let me just pull up their schedule. Okay, so they got three more games left this month. They're home against Boston, road against Milwaukee, and they're home against Toronto. Now let's look at the schedule for March. They're on the road against Toronto. They're back home against Miami. On the road against Boston, Charlotte, and Philly. The big game right there against Philly. Back home against the Knicks. On the road against Orlando. Back home against Dallas, Portland, and Utah. On the road against Memphis and Miami. Home against Charlotte and Detroit and Milwaukee. Then you go into April. They go on the road against Atlanta. Home against Houston. Road against the Knicks. Home against the Cavs. And they finish the season on April 10th at home against the Pacers. So you look at that schedule right there. It's not an easy schedule. It's a pretty damn hard schedule. That's what I would say. It's a really, really hard schedule. Not easy. It's definitely not easy. And I don't want it to be easy. Especially with this stretch coming up right here of games. Against Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto twice. Miami, Boston, Charlotte, Philly, and the Knicks. You could say, oh, you just threw the Knicks in there? Yeah, because they are a rival. They are a rival right there. The Knicks will play us hard. They've almost beaten us twice this year. We only beat them by two and then five. So we beat them by a combined of seven points. Which really isn't great, but they are a rival. So you look at that stretch of games right there. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It definitely won't be easy, and I don't want it to be easy. But this team should be healthy in these games. If they stay healthy, they could beat anybody. If they stay healthy, they could beat anybody in the NBA. Like, I will take them fully healthy. I will take them fully healthy against the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. You could say that's insane. But no, if the Nets are fully healthy, if you have KD who's fully healthy, Kyrie can play, and Simmons who can play. I think they could beat him. I definitely think they could beat him because there are flaws in the Warriors game. We know Draymond's been out for a while. You know, Clay's still trying to find his game. Steph has kind of struggled with three-point range. He really had a really good All-Star game. He scored the most three-pointers in All-Star game history. Just he put on a clinic. And let's see how he does the rest of the way in the regular season because he has struggled struggled from three at times this year. You know... And I really do expect this to happen. I expect it to be Suns and Warriors and Nets and Sixers in the Conference Finals. That's what I expect. That's what I definitely expect to see. And that would be really good. And both series, both series would definitely have to go to seven games. Definitely have to. They definitely have to. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm definitely, definitely hoping for.
And I think it's what a lot of people are hoping for. I think it's what a lot of people are hoping for right now. And you look at the Nets right now where they stand. They are in eighth place in the Eastern Conference, the whole stupid play-in right here. I hope next year they get rid of the play-in. I think it's dumb, in my opinion. It was nice for the bubble, but now it's like, okay, can we get rid of this now, please? That'd be, you know, really nice. It's just in my opinion. I think a lot of people might feel the same way. So if there was no play-in tournament, the Nets would be facing the uh, Miami Heat. Right now, the Nets are two and a half games. They are... They are two and a half games out of the play-in tournament. They're two games behind the Raptors, who are in the play-in tournament. And they're two and a half out from Boston, who's out of the play-in tournament. And the Nets are seven games out of first place. So I don't think the Nets will, will win the Eastern Conference. I don't think they'll be number one. There still is a chance, but you need a lot of teams to lose. That's, that's a lot to ask for. That's a whole lot to ask for. But I think the Nets will finish in the top four. Or it'll be, I'll be generous top five. You know, if they don't finish fourth, they'll finish fifth. That's how I see it. You know, but they will be in the playoffs. I don't see them being in the play-in tournament, especially with everybody coming back now. I mean, if they're somehow still losing when everybody comes back, when Simmons is playing, when Kyrie's allowed to play full-time, and KD's playing, if you're somehow still losing, then I don't know what to tell you. Then you fire Nash. Then you fire fucking Nash because he sucks. Sucks as a head coach. Great NBA player, one of the greatest of all time. Sucks as a head coach. That's just how it is. But overall, I know it started off with Goran Dragic, you know. Again, I like the signing. We'll see if he does play on Thursday, and he should. Should make his debut with the Nets on Thursday against Boston. We'll see how he does. And you have to think, like, what's this starting five going to be right now? And how would I do a starting five right now? This is how I would do it. Until Kyrie could play full-time. I would say Dragic, Curry, KD, Simmons, and Drummond. I don't know if many people love that lineup. I don't know if a lot of people love that lineup too much. I can understand why, but you get you got Dragic in there. He's a scorer. You got Curry, a great three-point shooter. KD, one of the greatest players of all time. Ben Simmons with size right there. Again, he still wouldn't be a number one. He would be a number two right there in that lineup, but he won't be a number one. And you have Drummond, who's a dominant center you know you could do that and you have guys like Aldridge coming off the bench Griffin coming off the bench Patty Mills coming off the bench Cam Thomas coming off the bench it's perfect and you can say James Johnson because you know I know a lot of people give James Johnson a lot of shit but he is a good defender not against people that are seven foot tall like Jokic I don't know what Johnson was doing against Jokic back um back on February 6th when it was Nets and Nuggets I don't know why Nash had him on Jokic right there. It didn't make any type of sense at all. It was really ridiculous. I thought it was stupid. He was getting destroyed. He was, he was getting destroyed. I mean, come on. You at least should have put Sharp on, on Jokic at least. I mean, oh my God. And here's the thing right here. There's a, another guy I'm forgetting. It's Nicholas Claxton. In reality, the Nets should have traded him at the deadline. You know, I know they were trying to trade him to Indiana for Miles Turner, but I can guarantee you the Pacers definitely would have won a lot more other than Claxton. They probably would have asked me for, like, Thomas. And like, no, 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 no. You ain't touching Cam Thomas. No, 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 no,
And you probably wonder why I forgot about Joe Harris. Well, I don't think Joe Harris is coming back. And somehow if he does come back, you get him off the bench too. That's great. That's absolutely great. You get him coming off the bench if he's able to come back. And there was a report that came out that said the Nets could have traded um, Claxton to Toronto. And could have got, I believe, it was a first round and a second round pick. I don't know if it was, or maybe it was two first round picks. Like, I don't know if Toronto would have done that. Two first round picks for just Claxton? A guy who's been injury prone these last couple years? Yeah, I don't know if I would do that. If I was Toronto, I would definitely say, what am I doing here? If I was the Nets, I'd say, oh, thank you. Thank you for the first round picks. Like, thanks. And Troy Claxton, I have nothing against Claxton. He just can't stay on the court. When he's on the court, he's dominant. But now it, it seems like he doesn't have a spot. He doesn't have a spot right now. I mean, he could have a spot next season because Allridge is a free agent, Griffin's a free agent, and so is uh, Drummond. All three of those guys, those three big men, are free agents. The big question is, could the Nets bring all three of those guys back? I think in reality they could to short-term deals. But you don't know if one of them's going to want big money because Drummond is the youngest out of all of them. He could want, you know, one more years instead of doing one-year deals. I think we're all bridging Griffin are at the stage of their careers. I'd say they go one- or two-year contracts. Drummond could want more. I don't know. But we'll see. I, still th- I don't think Claxton – I don't think Claxton has a spot going forward. I just don't think he does. I don't think he does. I don't know, though. I don't think he has a spot. Just in my opinion, I don't think he does. You know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Like, I do love Claxton. I, I definitely do. He's been a lockdown defender for us this when, when he, not this year, but when he's been on the court for us. He locked down Damian Lillard last year, back in March, and he locked down Doncic back in December this year. He locked him down. Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard, two pure scores in this league, and Claxton shut them down. And he dunked on LeBron James back in December on Christmas Day. I was like, holy shit. He posterized LeBron James. Like, oh my God. That was amazing to see. It really was. We'll see what happens, though. I think the rest of the way for the Nets going in the second half, I think they're going to do fine. I don't think they're going to finish three games above 500 where they're at right now because they're 31-28. I could see them finishing in the range of 10 to 15 games above 500 because I think they will get on a hot streak right now. And it's the perfect, it is the perfect time to get on a hot streak. You need to start jumping teams. You got to jump the Raptors. You got to jump Boston. You got to get back into the playoffs instead of being in the play-in. Where it's guaranteed you have a playoff spot instead of being the play-in. You got to go through that nonsense. It, that's just going to be too much for us, in my opinion. That's how I see it. But I think the Nets right now will get on a hot streak and it's the perfect time to do it. Especially since you play Toronto twice, back-to-back. That's huge. And they're two games behind. And they play Boston twice in a span of a couple weeks. They're a couple games behind. And then they play them on Thursday and they play them on the 6th. I think they'll do just fine. I think they'll do just fine. I'm looking forward to it. I'm absolutely looking forward to it for the rest of the season. So a good sign with Dragic. 
And I think the Nets will do fine the rest of the way. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. I will talk to you guys either on Thursday afternoon or uh, early on Friday to review AEW Dino Might, baby. All right. So, again, guys, enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you guys pretty soon. Love you guys. You guys are the best. Talk to you guys soon.